Go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window get their second. You're listening to Lee Carson, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League. Welcome back to another episode of League Castle. I am, of course, your regular host, Chris McPherson, and we have a bumper show lined up for you today. We're unveiling two new sponsors, a new segment that we've alluded to previously, and we're also going to unveil the short list of the names for the Patterson River Rugby League Club's unofficial mascot. So it's all happening. We're going to be joined by some great guests, including our regular co-host, Mr. Josh Spiegelman, the Stats Man, now brought to us by Junkyard Skips, the first of our sponsors coming on board this week. So a big thanks to Justin and the team at Junkyard Skips for getting on board. We really appreciate that. They will be supporting not only our Stats Man of the Year, but also our regular weekly Newcastle Rugby League scoreboard. So a big thanks to them. And also, we'll be presenting our Around the Grounds scorecards, rating the food and beverage fair and the atmosphere at some local grounds. Um, and a uh, big thanks to Sean Johnson, who's going to be our lead on that. And also a big thanks to Beaver Brewery, um, a brewer based out of the NT, but with ties back to the Newcastle and Hunter Rugby League uh, through their founder, Chris Brown's former connections and uh, ongoing connections to the support of the Woodbury Warriors, one of the A-grade uh, leaders at the moment after a good result on the weekend. So a big thanks again to Beaver Brewery for coming aboard. They'll also be supporting our Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League scoreboard each week. So great to have both of them on board and really looking forward to uh, working with them during the year and uh, their contribution of some prizes for those two competitions. It's great to have something that we can give back to the rugby league community. But uh, without further ado, let's get in with our first guest and catch up with Cameron Spider-Anderson from the Central Newcastle Butcher Boys. All right, time to get into all things Denton Engineering Cup. And after some technical glitches a couple of weeks ago, we've managed to get... uh, the man, the myth, the legend that is Cameron Spider-Anderson on the show again. Thank you, Spider, for giving us a little bit more of your time, mate, after um, I balls up last time. Oh, mate, it's an absolute pleasure to come on, and hopefully I'll be better around too as well. Yeah, mate, we're better, better for the run, isn't it? It's like a trial game, right? Yeah, that's right. More, more underneath the legs before I need. Mate, uh, speaking of uh, getting some runs in the legs, you've got some runs in the legs now, Central, and even with injuries absolutely running rampant through the camp in the last couple of weeks... Um, three on the trot, mate. Uh, starting to find the, I guess the, the, the style you need to be playing in, and um, the way to get the two points on the board each week. Yeah, certainly. I think um, the last three weeks have been really good building um, for us as a playing group, and you know the coaches as as well, and as a whole club as an entirety. Um, I think you know just the slow starts the year, not getting trials um, besides a little hit out against late just before we went out round one against Maitland made it a bit tough. So now we've got some footy underneath. Underneath our belts, and we're um, getting used to playing along each, alongside each other. Sorry, um, it's starting to come a little bit more natural. So we're we're starting to feel a lot better about our um, our playing group at the moment. And mate, um, obviously last week came up against an entrance side. They were in form as well. It's never an easy trip down there, especially the way they're playing footy at the moment. They're a big physical side. A lot of readjustments, a bit of a reshuffled lineup. Obviously, you know you had Randall Briggs playing in the halves alongside um, young Fletch Kennedy as well, who 
absolutely start on stepping into the side. How was it with um, you know what appeared to be some late changes and um, some reshuffles and different pieces? And am I right in saying, mate, that uh, you were you were that light on numbers that you got given the captain's armband, so to speak? Yeah, I don't know how I pulled that one or managed it. Maybe it's just they threw it out of the hat and I got lucky. I'm not sure, but it was an absolute honour to run the boys out. I, I look forward to that. Hopefully, I get the chance again next weekend. Um, look, yeah, going down there. Um, that was our first time, or my first time personally, playing down at the entrance, and it was really good. The crowd down there, they get into it and right behind everyone. And um, entrance, The entrance threw a lot at us in that second half, but we defended our line. And like you said, we were down on troops. Um, a lot of boys got the call up late Thursday night, early Saturday morning, and then a couple of boys um, even on game day just because of you know the flu running rampant throughout camp at the moment and a, a few injuries um, that are keeping a couple of guys out at the moment. So... The boys that stepped in for us, you know, they didn't take a back, backward step and didn't miss a beat. Um, it was really good playing alongside them, so shout out to all those boys. Probably a little fortunate, mate, with, with the entrance when you line up with them in the draw that you do get, uh, I guess, that um, the, the buy in, in reserve grade. So it wasn't a case of anyone having to get, I guess, dragged up off the canvas because they'd already had, had a game and a late call up. Yeah, exactly. I think we would have been in a little bit of trouble um, in terms of numbers. If Reggie's were running out, there definitely would have been a few boys playing some big minutes in Reggie's and then backing up for us on the bench, which would have made it a little bit tougher, especially for the lungs for our middles. But, um, yeah, we, we definitely got the good side of the coin in that, that regard. Yeah, certainly, mate. And um, I guess when we're talking about off-air a little bit, mate, uh, the, the brains trust that you've got at Central at the moment, mate, you've got some, some real nous in the coaching department, even in the lower grades as well. But, like, you know, the likes of um, Sparrow, Huffy and obviously Phil, there, there's, there's a lot of coaching knowledge there, mate. So that's obviously got to give some confidence to the boys too when they are starting to move guys around and put them in different positions and, and all of that to have that you know that wealth of coaching experience, um, especially Sparrow and uh, and uh, Phil there on board, mate. Yeah, definitely. They only want the best for us as players individually and as a group. And um, you know they've got their goals and expectations for us um, week in week out, and not only just for the, the end of year. And hopefully, you know we go a long way into that September football. Um, it's just about buying in and the playing group spoke about that. You know, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that we put our best foot forward each game and whether that's playing, you know, 10 minutes either side of half time or whether it's me just supporting and not getting the footy one game. Um, we've got to put our trust in them and we've done that so far and we'll continue to do so. Uh, excellent to hear, mate. And um, as we said, you know, a little bit of a slow start to the season with washouts and, and not the ideal results, but certainly starting to pick up some momentum and it comes ahead of what will be a big clash this weekend, mate. Um, it's always, in recent years, been a really big clash for lots of reasons, Central versus Macquarie, but most notably at the moment, there's, there's a few boys that have sort of certainly come across with Randall and Isaac um, coming and joining the the, um, the Blue and White Army in the last few years, mate. So it's one of those matches that where there's a bit of added spice, I suppose, and on top of that, it's a top five battle. You know, there's not a lot separating those sides from second through to sixth or seventh at the moment. So really key to be getting the two points this weekend. Yeah, we're looking forward to the challenge. I think, as you said, you know, it's going to be that top five battle and it's going to give us a really um, good measuring stick to see where we're at going into, I mean, towards the middle of the comp at the moment. Uh, we still have a game up our sleeve. Um, we're going to catch one up against Wild, but this will be a good test for us. Scorps is always a tough game physically and mentally and we know they're going to turn up at our home ground on Sunday um, ready to go and they'll throw a lot at us. So we've just got to prepare in-house and make sure that we're ready to go and stick to our um, beliefs and our game plan and hopefully we get away with the two points. 
And in terms of preparation, mate, you touched on it before. Obviously, the flu's run through. There's been quite a lot of injuries as well. We've seen, um, obviously, Luke Walsh came from the field the other week against Lakes. Tim Christie, I know you've been carrying a bit of a knock yourself. There's been a few other guys in and out with, with you know, mostly minor injuries, I understand. How's the, um, I guess, the health and, and the morale in the squad at the moment with, with all of that going on? Yeah, look, the morale's definitely out there. The playing group's binding in together. And, um, you know, tonight we trained as a a full squad, both first grade and Reggie, just because of the amount of troops we've, we've got out at the moment. But we are expecting a few back this weekend, which will add some depth definitely into first grade and further into Reggie's. And, um, you know, I think the players are buying into it. We know that and every club's affected by it at some stage. People are going to get sick. People might get COVID. People might be down with injuries. And it's all about how we um, line up with the bloke next to us and trust that they're going to do the job. And whether they're being playing reserve grade or being out, you know, you trust that they're going to be there on the inside shoulder or supporting you when you're taking a run. And, you know, it's all about club culture at the end of the day and our committee, um, our coaches and, and our playing group do a really good job to build a really nice one at Central, I, I feel. Uh, excellent to hear, mate. And great to hear that some of those boys are uh, on their way back. I know we were talking about, you know, good friend of the show, Timmy Christie, and the fact that his ankle injury looked pretty ordinary the other week. And he looks like he's, you know, on, certainly on the mend, which is great to hear, and, and a few of those other boys returning as well. Obviously, the flu tends to knock them about. Glad it's not COVID, mate, but still it's going to take some time to get for them to get back to full full stride, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Um, a few boys were back running tonight, and they pulled up a little bit early just to get some ice on it and make sure that it pulls up okay over the next coming days and moving into the weekend. And as for the flu, um, whether it's a head cold or, you know, the proper flu, it definitely gets you, knocks you around a bit, and it's a bit tough on the lungs, especially for anyone that has had COVID through the through the season or all the off season. It knocks your lungs around a little bit, so um, it, you just got to get back running. And a few boys are starting to do that now for us, which is exciting. Certainly is, mate. Good, good to hear. And um, yeah, obviously both you and Macquarie coming off grinding results last weekend. They've got the benefit of a slightly longer turnaround. You guys, the benefit of a home crowd, and undoubtedly, it'd be great to see. Um, after being on the road last week, um, I'm sure, or the last two weeks, sorry, I'm sure you'd be loving to, the, the opportunity to play in front of the home crowd and get a bumper crowd in blue and white out there um, for this weekend, mate. Yeah, we're really excited to come back home. It's going to be Mother's Day, and for the first time um, this year, we've got all four teams playing on the same day. You know, our ladies' league tag, our ladies' tackle, um, and then our reserve grade and first grade. So it's a really big day for the club. Um, a lot of door prizes, I believe. You know, we've got the, we do this, O'Neill's kick the cash at half time, you kick the ball into the bucket, you win 500 bucks, which is pretty handy rolling into a weekend. So um, we're excited to be back at home. It's our first run since round one, I think, back on the top field because that's been closed. So um, all things positive moving into this round. And, and a forecast of sunshine, mate, which there's not much more to ask for. I think the club's got some stuff going on in the morning as well. So the, the punters can get over to the club in the morning for some uh, Mother's Day fair and then head on over to the footy. Four games of footy, as you said, two girls games, which is... Uh, a nice treat to have the opportunity, I guess, to, to have there as well, mate, leading into the boys and um, obviously the, the main game at 3 o'clock where um, great to see. And as we said, there's always those nice little battles, but um, obviously Randall Briggs up against Callan Briggs, there'll be uh, no love lost between the family members, mate. No, definitely. Um, I guess what, what happens on the footy field stays on the footy field. I can't wait to see those boys go head-to-head, and I know Isaac will be keen to get in amongst it as well when he gets out there. So, it's um, yeah, it's going to be good to see. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, certainly be good to see. And how could I miss Isaac, mate? I do apologise to him. So there'll be three of them out there. And undoubtedly, 
Uh, a few of the other boys, Jacob and Scott and the like, will undoubtedly be in the crowd if they can get down there, and there'll be plenty of banner amongst those boys. I know they get into each other pretty heavily when they have the opportunity to play. I know you'd love uh, nothing more than maybe, you know, you probably get a few training runs against Kane, but, you know, a few po- chances to get bragging rights, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing better than that. But, you know, it, I guess it doesn't beat playing alongside him, but maybe one day I'll come up against him Grant and we'll see how we go. I, I don't like my chances, but I'll give it a crack. Yeah, I, I suggest if you're coming against Grant, maybe a wide berth might be the better option. But um, I don't, if, if I remember correctly, when you boys played, was it last year, Kane made his first grade debut and um, you both got across the stripe on, on his debut game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He put me over for one um, and, and I put him over for one. So one all at the moment. Um, so, yeah, it, it was good to play alongside him as well on the weekend. He, he bagged the first try for us and took over the goal-kicking du- um, duties when Randall had a little bit of a cork on his leg. So it was good to get back out with him um, on the weekend and play some footy. No, excellent to hear, mate. Um, and, and good to see him back in the top grade. I watched him run around in reserve grade and he was looking very good out there. As you said, though, uh, a big weekend at Central. Got the ladies' league tag. They're coming up against Katara. That Katara in really good form. Your women's tackle, I think they've missed a couple of games so far with some of the wet weather. Um, but they uh, have split their results so far, and um, undoubtedly it'll be a good clash, and, and nicely they're playing Macquarie as well, so it'll be three grades against Macquarie at the top of the table. Scorps, reserve grade, as we said, um, both sides sort of sniffing about the bottom of the top five and not far away, and then first grade, realistically, depending on results, you guys could climb as high as second or could drop down to seventh, depending on results, so there's plenty on the line, as you said. Coming up to the midpoint of the season, mate, but let's have a bit of a, a look in a moment ahead to, um, I guess, the round and get your thoughts on it. But before we do that, something that flagged up for me today, mate, a bloke that you'd know reasonably well, he pulled on the blue and white last year and did so uh, fairly well for when he, when he was out there. He's certainly one of the key players and um, he had an absolute starring role in the New South Wales Cup on the weekend. Dylan Pythian has been, has been rewarded uh, being named in the Knights extended squad for first grade this week, which is just great to see that almost immediate and short-term pathway of um, someone who was, you know, really standing up in the um, Denton Engineering Cup and, and has then stood up in New South Wales Cup in recent weeks and gets that opportunity. Might not get on, on the field um, or even in the final 17, but to know that he's in the mix and he's and he's on the cusp is great to see. Yeah, look, it's fantastic to see that he's recognised. And, um, you know, anyone that watched that New South Wales Cup game on the weekend, I think they came from behind and, he scored a hat-trick from memory and, and led from the front. Um, you know, he's a fierce competitor and it was an honour to play with him last year alongside him. But as you said, the, the grassroots, it's good to see that the local boys are starting to get recognised and starting to get a crack in town. I know it didn't happen for a couple of years and you know, a lot of people have missed out on opportunities, but it's great to see. And hopefully, you know, whether it's this week or in the future, hopefully he gets a crack and pays the, the way for a few more boys coming through the grade um, or a few more local boys that are in there playing New South Cup to work their way up to that top grade. Yeah, certainly great to see. We obviously saw Braden Musgrove last year go from playing in the grand final the year before, and he went through and made his debut. Um, he's had a bit of a bumpy run since then, but you know, obviously Chris Randall as well, a good Lakes boy. Uh, plenty of these guys starting to come through, which is just shows a great pathway, and it's an incentive for some of those guys that might have missed the boat at 19, 20, 21 on some of the junior representative pathways to come and ply their trade in, in our competition and just make it stronger and, and you know, obviously the more depth and more talent we can add to the Denton Engineering Cup, the better for everyone playing and the punters made as well, as well as for the Knights in terms of recruiting pathway and pipeline. Yeah, certainly. I mean, Newcastle, Newcastle Rugby League comp's always been strong um, ever since I came through. So, you know, the standard football is there and, and when they move into that New Trials Cup um, grade, obviously they give it a good crack. So it's refreshing to see and, and blokes like Chrissy Randall and Miles Grove and that, they worked really hard at their craft and they deserve every opportunity they get. And it's great to see Chris um, putting you know games back to back at the moment in NRL and, and doing a good job in that. 
Certainly is, mate. He's getting a good opportunity thanks to injury, but unfortunately sometimes you just got to take the opportunity when they come because it's not normally for a good reason. It's normally someone else's poor form or injury. So grab it with both hands, as, as young Fletch Kennedy did last week, mate. And um, I'm looking at the stats man points in front of me, and he, he's managed to pull into equal second in terms of central players alongside yourself, mate. So I think you've played four games, he's played one, and he's got just as many points as you. So it might be time to pull out the, uh, pull out the finger skipper. Yeah, look, I might, might put a little bit extra uh, source on a few runs and make sure the boys sit out the back this weekend because, you know, Fletch is a young talent. You know, he's, he's been doing his trade in reserve grade. He's, you know, he's sticking really close to the Walsh boys, particularly Luke, and learning his craft. Um, and, you know, he's going to be a really good half to come in the couple of, next couple of years and moving into his um, mid-20s. He's only a young fella, so at the moment, um, yeah, it was good to see him in form and given some wine break assist, I think it was, and I think he set the two tries for us up as well. So, outstanding. No, great to see because we know that Luke Walsh, I think he's retired about four times in the last 18 months. So one of these retirements will one day stick. Yeah, look, I, I, I hear rumours he's going to go to 50-plus. So you never know with Walsh. He just, I think if the body feels good, he'll keep playing. And hopefully he does because, you know, he's a little little master out there and he definitely runs us around the park. And, you know, he's, he's a blessing to have. But as I said, he's investing a lot of time at the moment in the club and, and in the young fellas. And they listen to every word. Um, but he says, as I do myself, and we're just trying to learn every opportunity we can at the moment with him in the squad. Hey, it's great to have the opportunity to learn off the, the guys that have got that experience, like himself and um, Junior and those sorts of guys that have been around the traps, obviously, before. And, um, yeah, undoubtedly lots of talent at the club, even even having Kai there, who's leading our, our, um, our whole leaderboard at the moment as well. While he hasn't played the NRL, he's played at those higher levels. So to have that experience to pass on, it's great for that development pathway and... Yeah, as we say, mate, uh, Walsh will probably play until 50. I think most games he, he tries to retire at about full-time, but come Tuesday again, he decides he hasn't got something better to do with next weekend, so he gets back out there because he gets the itch. Yeah, definitely. And, and just on Kyra and um, along with Manu and, and all the other new boys, Nick Ritter, and a lot of the gentlemen that come across this year, you know, they fit in really well with our playing squad, and I'd like to give them a little bit of a shout-out because they bought into our culture, and it's great to have them around. And as you can see on the footy field, mate, they're... They're outstanding footballers and they do everything they can for the club. Um, I know we have a lot of new faces this year, but it does feel like they've been there the last couple building for this. So um, it's good to have them on board and part of the culture. Yeah, I'm certainly glad I'm not defending against either of your centres because both of them, not only are they, you know, they've got the pace and pace and agility of a centre, but they've got the build of a front row of the two of them. So it's um, you'd be pretty happy they're playing with you, not against you, those two boys. Oh, look, if I had to get one in front of one of them, I don't know what I'd do. You know, I'd give it a crack, but I think I know the outcome straight away. Um, yeah, they're really good footballers, talented, and you know our, our middles at the moment are laying a really good platform for us. And, and Joey Morris, our hooker, he's given some good service to our halves, and that's resulting in a lot of space for us outside backs to capitalise. So um, hopefully we keep going on that that path, and yeah, we we go a long way to win some football games. No, it'd be great to see, mate. Um, as a guy who plied some junior trade at Central, um, well, I don't really have a dog in the fight in the Denton Engineering Cup as such. It'd be great to see. Uh, Central give it a deep crack. It's been a long time since they've, since they've had a title. Um, so it'd be yeah great to see them up there and uh, in the big dance and maybe going one further come September. But, mate, just before we do get onto this week's games and, and very cognizant of your time, uh, any, any thoughts on the, on the rumour with our new sponsor? I don't know if you've heard we've got a new sponsor for the, the Stats Man Player of the Year, Junkyard Skips, mate. And so there's a, there's a rumour that is part of that sponsorship deal that Tim Christie's ineligible for points. Do you know anything about this? Look, I haven't heard any rumours, but there definitely has been whispers circulating. Um, I, I don't know if he's if he's being um, what's the word? Yeah, black, I, I don't black, know if he's been yeah blacklisted. That's probably the word. I don't know if he's being blacklisted because of that. Cause I know 
they do have a little bit of a sponsorship deal with his um, podcast at the moment. So, yeah, look, I'll, I'll look into it and I'll see if I can. I'll keep my ear in the streets and see if I can hear anything. I think I think it's just him, him and him and Justin Affleck's rivalry, maybe maybe that's influencing it. But um, anyway, no, all, all in jest. Um, if Tim Christie, you know, manages to get across the stripe, and he keeps making sure he tells me, but he's got his he's one of these players that shows up as you know unnamed or whatever it is. I notice your brother's doing the same, mate. They've got some privacy concerns about people following him around a football. Not an issue that you've got, obviously, because your name's up there in lights. Oh, no, not at all, not at all, mate. I think it's just that I've been around for a little bit. That's all. Um, uh-huh. No, leave that alone. Oh, lovely, mate. Excellent. Well, let's let's get on to the, uh, the 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 meat and potatoes of it, as it is the uh, the actual games this weekend. Four games on Saturday, uh, one on Sunday, mate. Are you going to be uh, dragging yourself out to one of these games on Saturday for a bit of a peek, or what's the story? Yeah, look. Ho- hopefully, I'll get around. I know it is Mother's Day, and obviously, footy takes over on Sunday, so I'll see what my girl's up to on Saturday. But I've got an eye on a couple of games. I might keep an eye on through Bar TV, um, or yeah, get out to it and, and watch in person. Not sure yet. Get on, get on for that twenty dollar a month subscription, mate. Good value, and you can scroll between the games. I know I do it even when I'm calling games just to get the updates and see what's happening. But let's have a run through, mate. There's some some really key games, a couple of other top five battles, and then a couple of sides that are probably starting to get um, really focused on, on on chalking another win or their first win in one case. But let's start with the other top five battle, mate. This one's an interesting one. The Wong Roos they take on the Cessnock Goanna. Cessnock coming off. A uh, disappointing loss to the high-flying Maitland, which you know is no uh, insult on anyone because nearly everyone's had that come come before them. Wyong, meanwhile, a fairly convincing win against West last week, twenty-two to two. Another shutout for West. Uh, mate, who do you see here? Are Wyong going to get it done on the uh, at home, or is Seth not going to bounce back on the road? Do you think? Look, it, it's a tough one, and uh, I, I think it's go either away on on the day, but just having the home. The home advantage, I'm like, that was Warren. I know they were a point to prove, and they weren't real happy with their um their their footy last year. So yeah, I might lock in Warren for that one. Lovely, mate. Next up, we've got um, the entrance who you took on last week. They travel up to Harker Oval, and doesn't matter who you talk to, no one is prepared to put a line through West yet. Even at zero and six, we saw it last year, and they turned the corner. And when they did it, all gelled. Bit of a different squad this year, but. You're a brave man until, you know, it's a mathematical impossibility to write off West and, and then making a surge. Yeah, look, I agree with that. And as you said last year, they definitely made a surge into it. And I think this week will be their um their first win. I'll take West. West for the first win. Beautiful. Next up, Lakes. It's been a little while between drinks. They got that win over Wyong earlier in the season. They take on a South Newcastle side that's been fairly impressive over recent weeks. Um, you guys came up against them a couple of weeks ago on Sleepy's Day when they had that added emotion behind them and... Unfortunately, that was one of your uh, most recent losses for you. Uh, but you've seen both these sides in the last few weeks. I honestly think the ladder position is probably a bit deceptive here, and I don't think Lakes are that far away, but you'd have to think South will be warm favourites. Yeah, it's touch and go, definitely. Um, yeah, like you said, we, we came up against South with all that emotion behind them. They were definitely better on the day for us. Um, um, it's, it's a flip of a coin. I might, where's it at? Is it at South? It's or at it? Lakes. It's at Carl Oval. Yeah, I might go late. He's going with the Seagulls. I like it. Next up, and this one's an interesting one, Curry. They've they've had a couple of tough physical losses in recent weeks. They come up against a Maitland Pickers side, and normally, you know, it'd be chips in on Maitland. Interesting enough for Maitland, they're going to be, it looks like, without Daniel Langbridge and Sam Anderson. They've got a real Melbourne Storm next man up mentality, certainly when they step up. And when you've got a guy like Matt Sopalola that steps in at fullback and they move Fitoa, Fitoa to lock, you're not going to lose a huge amount, but they are two big outs, those two guys. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, any anyone from your start seventeen starts a little bit, and 
like you said, um, they do have that system of someone jumps into the spot and fills it. So I know Curry are working hard towards a win and they're, they're running a tight ship up there, but I think Maitland will be too good again. Yeah, if you, as I said, you'd be a brave man to pick against them. And then the standalone Sunday game, hopefully everyone gets down to this one, makes an absolute bumper clash with a, a cracking atmosphere on Sunday afternoon, 3 o'clock at St John. As you said, it's the culmination of four games of Mother's Day footy. Uh, where, where would you rather be on a sunny Sunday afternoon? Take mum out, treat her to an absolute cracking game. Spider guarantees it or you get your, your entry fee back if it's not a good game. Mate, um, what's going to be the keys to this shutting down this Macquarie side? Um, we saw... Last week, they were too strong for Lakes. The only thing that could stop any of them was uh, the fencing managing to stop Joe Woodbury's face, which might impact his influencing career and may close the gap between him and Tim Christie in terms of the big distance between them in looks. <laughs> yeah, uh, young Joey, he's he, a talent on the wing, and I actually didn't see that, so that, that's interesting. I have to look back and um, have a gaze. I think the, the key for us is we're going to make sure we focus on our job, you know, um, there's a lot of things that are starting to work for us in patches over the last three weeks. It'll be really good to get home this week and put them all together and hopefully come come away with the win. Um, as for them, they've got some really talented footballers throughout the group and we know that they're going to come really fierce. You know, We know they're going to be strong up the middle and we know they've got plenty of talents on the, on the edges as well. So I think as an overall battle, it's going to be a really, really good contest. And um, yeah, you'd be nuts not to get down there and check it out on Sunday. Yeah, exactly right, mate. And, Mate, have you got any thoughts just quickly on Macquarie and the fact that they're just trying to, you know, it seems they've got a signing regime of trying to sign, you know, the, the best sorts from some of the other clubs. I understand they pinched one of Central's best sorts from last year. Yeah, 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 they're, they're definitely. I don't know if they're flicking through Instagram and, and going off that as well as the footy talent, I'm not sure, but they have recruited well. I know um, Kitty over there, he, he's really good with the players and, and he runs a tight playing group, so I know that they're going to become ready to go and, as I said um, on our podcast that got deleted, I think they're a, a massive dark horse for the comp this year. Yeah, they certainly are. They're starting to hit some good form like yourself, so it's a good time for the two sides to come head-to-head for the punters. But uh, just for those that aren't sure who we're referencing then, of course, we're talking Kyle Kingston. I know there was some requests when we ran the League Castle Bachelor of the Year from some of the judges to get him on as a contestant, which was interesting in itself. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Kyle, he was at our, our club for most of his juniors. Actually, I think all of his juniors and obviously seeking that first grade opportunity. He's headed over to um, Toronto this this week, so it'll be good to come up against him and, and you know him back at home. Yeah, well, if, if that's not enough reason to bring your mum down, having him and Joe Woodbury on the flanks, if, if they both start, is um, mum will be happy for a price of admission, that's for sure. Yeah, that's right. No, no problem. I reckon I'll pay double. Yeah, that's it. Well, it'll be it'll be offset, mate, because I get to see Timmy. But anyway, all good, mate. I appreciate, as always, you coming on the show. As I said, I promise I'll actually get this one up and running because I'll save it straight away and we won't have me dashing to the door to get my Uber Eats and then losing it. So thank you again, mate. Appreciate it. Good luck this weekend. And, um, yeah, as I said, really exciting clash. Everyone should get down there. If you can't get down there, tune into Bar TV because this will probably one of one of the match, if not the match of the round, the match of the last few. Um, it'll be an absolute cracker between two informed sides. So good luck to you boys and uh, enjoy your, your Mother's Day footy. Yeah, look, mate, appreciate having me on and go the Butcher Boys. Welcome back and a big thanks to Cameron Spider-Anderson from the Central Newcastle Butcher Boys for jumping on and talking all things Butcher Boys and Denton Engineering Cup. Great to have a chat with Spider as always and again, apologies to him that we lost last time we caught up with him and, and missed an episode, but great to have him back 
It's now time to move on to a much vaunted segment of the show that we've had in the works for a little while. But not only is it much vaunted, we've also got a corporate sponsor on board for it. And first of all, I'll acknowledge them. That's Beaver Brewery from up in the NT. They've got ties to the Woodbury Warriors through Chris Brown. And I know that this man that I'm about to introduce is pumped that we've got a sponsor. He's pumped that we're launching this segment. He's a little bit dirty that it's uh, Woodbury because there's a good rivalry between Woodbury and his club. The University Seahorses is none other than Sean Johnson. He's a man of many talents who's been around the traps. There's not many jobs in Newcastle local footy. He hasn't had a crack at um, and, you know, most of them done at least at least a pass mark on. But one thing he is well qualified for is to critique blue cans, steak singers, and atmosphere at the footy. Welcome back to Lee Castle, Mr. Johnston. Thank you very much for having me. Mate, um, I know this is uh, very close to yours and my heart. Steak sandwiches and, and beer is always close to our hearts. And uh, But we're giving that opportunity to get some recognition out there for these clubs that just, you know, they might be a, a lower tier club. They, you know, this is open to anyone from Denton Engineering Cup through to Ladies League Tag C grade and anywhere in between. Uh, one-team clubs, ten-team clubs, it doesn't matter. We'll, we'll be out there. We've got a few of us on the ground at the moment already testing steak sangers, blue cans, and atmosphere. If they don't have steak sangers or blue cans, we can be twisted with other food items or, or drinks, and we'll, we'll rate you accordingly oh, yeah. depending on what our mood is. You know, If we're really chasing a blue can and you don't have any, that's probably not going to help, but variety helps. There's lots of things that help, mate. What, what goes into making, I guess, a good canteen bar and atmosphere altogether from your point of view? Uh, look, you, you you love to see that grizzled club volunteer that's just putting just putting out the hard yards on the barbecue tongs in hand, uh, maybe uh, maybe in pretty primitive conditions with a big esky next to them, and they they're doing it all, um, slinging tins, slinging sling, slinging steak sangers, making it happen while uh, the backdrop of the footy goes on around them. That um, that that uh, that really does it for me, um, and you can see it at so many grounds around around the place, particularly with your second division clubs where, uh, you know, not, not so many volunteers around um, and often the facilities are a bit, um, you know, a bit primitive at some clubs. They don't have the flash um, club rooms and so on that um, maybe the Denton Engineering Cup sort of sides do. Um, so that always that always sparks my interest and, uh, and a bit of banter maybe coming from the canteen as well. I, I don't mind when you when you actually get sledged by, you know, the canteen or barbecue operator. It's all, always good, you know. I did hear one the other week when I was at a ground and basically heckled a bloke who said he didn't want onions on his steak sandwich and told him that, you know, that's not the way it's done at, um, you know, that, that certain venue. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I was only popping through. I didn't get to test their food. But I was like, I like that and adds to that atmosphere character. And that atmosphere is a very broad character. It could be the atmosphere of the and the energy of the staff. It could be the energy around the ground. It could just be, you know, um, any number of things, mate. Um, it's a pretty broad one that we've added there just to round out the, the, the best of three. And we'll be using school gradings to make it nice and easy for everyone to understand as well. So from your A's through to your D's and pluses and minuses, as we said, it'd have to be something pretty pretty red hot to get an A+. plus. I'll be surprised if we see too many of them this year. Equally, though, I don't think we'll see too many D- minuses unless someone's serving up mouldy bread or something to, something really out there. It's not hard to get it right, really, um, and uh, well, I should expect some strong contenders in the middle ground. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think, uh, but there are definitely some clubs out there do, who do a great job of it. Yeah, I think we'll have a lot of around the C plus to the B plus sort of range uh, overall. Mm. And you know, if, if you're getting some A's, like you know, it's, it's not going to be one of those participation awards where we give out A as the as the um, as the, the middle of the road, mate. That'll be. <laughs> I reckon probably a B minus will probably be about your middle of the road. If you get anything above that, you're starting to do some good things. If you get anything below that, mm. then 
there's probably some area areas for improvement. Uh, but we might have a look, mate. I know you've got three or four grounds to talk about. Um, let's let's start off. I'll let you fire off on, on two of yours, and I'll let you go in any direction you want, mate. So um, knock, knock over two of us, and just just a talking point because we will have the scorecards to go up later in the week. Let's do it in uh, let's do it in linear order. Uh, so right back in the uh, the first weekend for Newcastle and Hunter, I was uh, uh, privileged to be hanging around on the timekeepers' table at Learmonth Park for a league tag game between Hamilton Ducks and the University Seahorses, and uh, and I um, got my hand in the esky there and found myself a quite crisp blue tin um, there, and I was very happy with it. Um, and it was I was even more happy with it because Tyler Smith gave it to me for free because um, I'm not above <laughs> being bribed, Chris. He's a, he's, um, a fr- he's a friend of the show and knows his way to way to a uh, judge's heart. I like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, listen, he, he was very canny. I told him I was reviewing. He said, it, "Do I get a better score if I give it to you for free?" Um, and, and and so he does. Um, so uh, I'm going to give him um, a big B plus for a nice frosty tin that was zero cost to me. Um, Probably a C because the boys weren't running a barbecue that day. I think uh, the, the I, know, I know the club sort of struggles a little bit with their volunteers because they're all still playing. Um, but um, uh, get the barbie out there, boys, and um, get something sizzling because that'll uh, that'll bring me back for more. Um, and for atmosphere, they had a bit of music playing on the sideline. Um, both uh, the boys teams were supporting the girls. There weren't a great deal of a great many spectators there. Uh, aside from the extended playing group, but um, they were all getting into it and pretty supportive. So I think the I think I think the atmosphere at the ground was a solid B as well. Lovely, mate. I, I think um, one thing I know from going to Hamilton previously is uh, the band is usually pretty good there, and it's all in good nature. But they have a good time and they approach things a little bit differently, yeah. as you said. There's a bit of music going on, and they don't necessarily have the barbecue. They tend to play on the backfield, so they don't have the the cover of the pavilion and these different things, but. They do a great job. They're an emerging club, so Thank good to you. see them score well, mate. So I'm doing my maths here, and I'm thinking overall it might be a, a B overall. Would that be fair? I think that's a B overall, yeah. B plus for the beer, uh, B for the atmosphere, C for the lack of barbecue. Um, and as they grow the club and get some more retired players got on the tongs, that's the way to go, I reckon. My suggestion is get Tyler on the tongs and get someone else to play. But, you know, anyway, this might be a bit harsh on him. <laughs> he, he will undoubtedly, he, he or his uh, excellent uh, leader, Mr. Dawson, will undoubtedly feature on the show later in the year. So we look forward to catching up with those boys. And I'm sure they'll be very happy with a, uh, a B. And, and as the first club off the rink, mate, that means they're the clubhouse leader. Well done, Hamilton. Yeah, well done. Straight off the, straight out of the blocks. Beautiful, mate. Who, who are we going to next? Right, eh? Well, the uh, the next place I've made an appearance at is uh, Shortland, and um, I did enjoy a couple of tins, actually more than a couple of tins, in the sunshine uh, a few weekends ago, watching uh, Shorty and Windale duke it out, um, and uh, the again a very high school for the tins. They weren't for free. Uh, Brock Johnson, sharpen your pencil. Um, however, um, they were icy, and uh, that's the way I like them. And um, so I reckon the B plus on the on the tins there, um, maybe even a, maybe even an A minus because I was enjoying them that day. Um, a minus it is, mate. Um, to, 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 be, to be fair, all I know about Brock is I, I, I hear the whisper that it, that he probably wouldn't shout if a shark bit him. So the fact that he didn't charge <laughs> you double being a uni bloke, mate, is probably a good result. 
he probably should have done. <laughs> and um, uh, food-wise, uh, they were doing a, uh, a sensational beef and gravy roll in there in the canteen. Very nice. Uh, and uh, being a family affair, uh, his lovely wife, Beck, uh, much improved on Brock, um, was serving them out. They were going down They were going down pretty well as well. And uh, great little crowd over there at um, uh, Bob Palmer Oval uh, between the Windale crowd and the Shorty crowd. There's some good banner. There was some high-quality sledging um, and uh, um, a good crowd enjoying the first game of the season for those two clubs. Lovely, mate. So what were our, what were our food and atmosphere ratings there? I reckon the food was a solid B and I reckon the atmosphere was a solid B as well. Oh, so, mate, you're going to have to split it here. You've got two Bs and an A-. minus. What are we doing overall? I reckon uh, well, that would make it a B plus, wouldn't it? B plus, that lines up very well. So they pip the Ducks. So the Ducks will need to step it up, mate, um, for the next visit of one of our judges. And I am, mm-hmm. I am working on incorporating a couple more judges so that we can try and get around to the majority grounds because there are so many great grounds around there and it's hard for us. I mean, as much as mm. we'd happy to go you know, go on a tour of beer, beer and uh, steak sandwiches, most of them are all at 3 o'clock, which makes it challenging. Well, I probably need rehab after a month, Chris. Yeah, exactly. You know, either that or you know, just um, we'd, we'd be, wouldn't be able to get out of doors because of how many uh, steak sandwiches we'd eaten. <laughs> Mate, uh, I, I'm going to jump in now. So I, I've managed to get out to a couple of the grade grounds with my bar TV calling and check out the uh, quality of fare. Um, I do have to limit my uh, blue cans because of that balance. Um, so first of all, I got out the lakes. Uh, now. Out there, they had a few different options, but they were out of steak that day. By the time I got to the canteen, admittedly, I left my run quite late, so that's on me more than anything. Had a nice chicken mm. burger, though, which was the next off the rank, and um, had the option of a chicken burger or a bacon and egg roll. I went with the chicken burger. Uh, pretty solid. Um, very lovely service. Um, they've got a cl- uh, absolute um, crowd of women helping out between the uh, canteen and the uh, serving area, so... It was pretty solid, mate. Um, so I managed to give them a uh, a B overall for the food. It was pretty good. Um, the atmosphere, as always, the uh, they had a crowd of Lakes old boys in the 19s getting getting into plenty of banner. A couple of them may have stepped over the line, which involved a um, a fairly seasoned referee who was on the touchline for the first grade game to to actually halt the game and go and have a word with them and tell them to pull their heads in. So they got marked out on that. So as much as I like to see that, you've got to stay within the rules, Sean. As we know, there's a code of conduct. So yeah. that was a B minus. Yeah. The blue can was pretty good. wasn't the crispest I've had. Unfortunately, the, the, the person with me was on the soft drinks. They got a can of Coke from Lakes, and the can of Coke was out of date and had settled. Ooh, so that's, that's that, a long way out of date. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it, to be fair, it wasn't that far out of date. It was only it only would have gone out of date in the off season. I think we I think we worked out it was December twenty twenty one, but it had settled mm. unfortunately for them. So they took a bit of a hit there, and the. Um, again, not their fault. We've had an off-season. It was their first home game of the year, and it's probably not one of the first things everyone checks is the dates on a can of Coke. We figure they last forever. So I'm not going to smash yep. them on it, but they will get a C, which is going to mean a B- minus overall for Lakes United. So they'll sit in third place, respectable still, um, but a few areas to work on and undoubtedly... I think that's a respectable start. Respectable start there for Lakes. Exactly right, mate. So let, I know you've got two more to go, so we might go one for one here because I've got another one to go. So where are we off to next in the Newcastle right. Hunter Realms? Righto, again, I, I found myself um, uh, tempted by the barbecue at Raymond Terrace uh, last Saturday and um, uh, with four grades playing at Raymond Terrace, I'll mention the atmosphere as first. As, uh, first of all, atmosphere was good. Um, great, great crowd, four teams playing. Um, much kudos to the 
to the terrorist committee for getting themselves into that sort of position. Um, the steak singer was a stone cold sensation. Um, I'm going to give that an A. Wow, um, setting the bar. I'm, I'm going to have to get yeah. myself to the terrace. You're telling me. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was a it was a very it was a very good steak singer. Um, and um, and I maybe look, I, I hadn't had any breakfast either, so. <laughs> and there's, a, there's a lot of factors that go into this that we, we can't be judged on. Like we talked about before, sometimes the weather will help. Sometimes, you know, who they're playing will help on atmosphere and these sorts of things. But, you know, we're, we're only there to judge what we judge on the day and those prevailing circumstances are what they are. Yeah, so I, I'm giving I'm giving the atmosphere as a, as a solid B+. I'm giving the uh, steak sandwich sandwiches an A and uh, the... Uh, the blue can from the boys in the beer shed there at uh, Roman Terrace. Um, they were doing a great job uh, handing out beers with much efficiency and they were coming straight off the ice and at optimal temperature. Um, so I want to give them uh, an A as well. An A as well. So that, that's got to add up to an yeah. A minus overall. A minus overall. Raymond, oh, good. Ter- Raymond Terrace, not, o- not only killing it with numbers on the field, but... They're going to be hard to beat early doors here, mate. So that's um, yeah, yeah. Look, you, you you just can't hold brilliance, and I reckon they did well. Um, and uh, the ratings, the rating. Yeah, no, certainly can't argue with that, mate. And um, we'll, we'll, we'll head across uh, over to over to Maitland Sports Ground, an absolutely picturesque venue. Weather wasn't in their favour on uh, the weekend when I was over there. Uh, their food, the steak sandwich, pretty solid. A little dry on the bread, so we've got a B minus there. Um, the drinks, uh, a good crisp can. The thing that really worked in their favour was a big crowd, but still rapid service. They had it almost, you know, down to a process. So they got a B for their drinks. And as mm. you would expect with Maitland and Cessnock, the crowd was in full voice. There was a really good crowd out considering the weather. So a B plus on the atmosphere. Um, plenty of uh, interesting one-liners. Um, if I had a dollar for every time certain people yelled out, "Get them on side," I would have had enough to certainly buy myself probably another six pack of blue cans. Um, but um, so that that gives uh, that gives the Maitland Pickers a B overall on their um, on their efforts as well. So they're sitting up there certainly with a couple of the other sides. But you know, not a lot separating all five so far. We've got one last one, mate. I believe you headed over to Bear Park as well. I was, I was. I got over to uh, got over to Bear Park in uh, the home of the mighty Katara Bears in somewhat challenging conditions a little bit later on the same afternoon. Um, now, uh, this is where, look, I'm, I'm probably going to have to come down on Katara a little bit harshly. Um, first of all, their atmosphere was good. They had a good little crowd in there under the cover. Um, so I'm giving them a B uh, for that, um, making plenty of noise. Um Especially when Glendale kicked a field goal when they were eighteen points behind, I think that uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> I think that uh, both raised some eyebrows and amused some people. It certainly amused me. Um, Excellent. Uh, so, so the uh, there was there was a bit of banner, there was uh, a bit of camaraderie going in under the tin roof there at uh, at Hudson Park. Um, the barbecue, unfortunately, was a little bit disappointing. Um, I think um, conditions might be a factor in it. Um, but um, bread was a bit dry, sausages were a bit greasy. Um, I think they can lift their game a little bit there. I'm going to give them a C, a C. For, the, uh, for the barbecue. Um, and then um, some interesting pricing decisions with the blue cans of Katara. They're um, charging craft beer prices for uh, bog standard beer. So I think um, uh, while the crispness was good and the service was good and I thoroughly enjoyed them, I didn't really want to sort of pay the extra dollars for it. So I'm going to give them a B minus on that as well. 
B, a B minus, and a C. So does that land on yeah. a B minus or a C plus for you, mate? Well, I think uh, I think that rounds off at uh, I think that's rounds off at a C plus for uh, C plus. Not not horrific, but room for improvement. Um, hopefully, mm. the feedback's taken on board. And look, if you want to charge craft beer prices, mate, um, and and you're an advocate for this as much as it pains you to support a Woodbury man. The Beaver Brewery beers, mate. I know you had a couple the other day purely by coincidence. I do. I do. I I can give a glowing review of the Beaver Brewery. Um, I've uh, had a crack at their Dougie Brown Ale, which um, uh, met many of my expectations um, and was an absolutely brilliant brown beer, if you like that style. Um, And then I followed up a little bit later with the Clubman Stout, which um, was a very, very solid stout, if you like a stout. and um, I uh, enjoyed that thoroughly as well. And I am told by my uh, Northern Parts correspondent that the brewery is a good place to stop in for an afternoon schooner and that the Silver Tail Ale is uh, a fantastic session beer if you are sitting down and cooking a barbecue and watching the footy of an afternoon as well. Um, 10 or 12, uh, you would uh, still be queuing up for more. Yeah, well, um, I was very disappointed. I think I said this to you that I wasn't able to on a recent work trip last week to get sort of an hour or so to sneak over to the uh, northern suburbs of Darwin to uh, see Chris Brown and the Beaver Brewery and, and have a couple of his ales. But uh, undoubtedly, mate, um, I'm going to try and uh, invest in some for when we do our mid-year live show. And um, I'm sure if we have a few of those, there'll be a few people that'll be keen to, keen to tag along. You know, I know I have to twist your arm if there's a beer involved, mate, so we might um, <laughs> maybe even see yourself there uh, when we, when we organise that in late June to early July. Sounds good to me. Uh, lovely, mate. Well, well, that's our Around the Grounds ratings and gradings, the Monsieur Steak Connoisseur, as we've entitled you, mate, um, as the leader of our judging panel. So um, just running back through our overall rankings, we've got Raymond Terrace at an A-, minus. so if you get the opportunity, and lots of clubs will, because as Sean said, they've got four sides this year, so they're kicking goals on and off the field up there. They're an A- minus overall. We've then got uh, Hamilton and Maitland. No, sorry, we've got Shortland on a B+. Plus. Hamilton and Maitland on Bs overall, very solid. Uh, Lakes on a B minus and Katara on a C plus. So it's a it's a real open field. There's um, lots of opportunity. Raymond Terrace, as we said, the clubhouse leaders, and it'll t- it'll take a good showing. But clubs, you're on notice. I give you the tip, especially if you see University in your draw. There's a good chance Sean might make an appearance. Um, although he's you know want, want to just turn up at any ground he can get himself to as well. I know that so. Uh, I can be bought. <laughs> look, bri- bribery is encouraged, uh, but the announcement is to, obviously, with our sponsors with Beaver Brewery coming on board, the prize for the winning club is two slabs of Beaver Brewery beers, which will be a contribution from our great sponsors, Beaver Brewery, to go towards your club's uh, chosen social event at the end of the year. Um, I'm not going to call it Silly Sunday. I'm not going to call it Mad Monday. Call it what you will. Um, but, yeah, so certainly uh, a, a great um, opportunity there because, you know, what better way to reward good beer, good food and good atmosphere than some good beers to accompany some good food to create some good atmosphere. It's absolutely fantastic. And, uh, and the, the boys and girls will enjoy that beer when they get the opportunity to wrap their lips around it. Highly recommend. They certainly will, mate. Uh, while we've got you on, we have another very pertinent Newcastle and Hunter community rugby league topic. And it was raised a couple of weeks ago and, We've even got some of your contribution in here, mate. So um, don't be too don't be too uh, lopsided in your, in your thoughts and votes here. But <laughs> the Patterson River Rugby League team is one of the anomalies of the modern day rugby league. They don't have an official or an unofficial, as I'm aware, mascot. We are trying to get some confirmation from the team in regards to this. But we're going to have an elimination style voting contest going on. 
Um, where we will start with four names and then we will add the others in. The winner, the winner of that will go on to remain with the other four and it'll be, you know, the uh, old emoji voting. Um, so not in any particular order here, Sean, but just let these just sort of mull in your mind and I'll read them each out with the, with the team name. So the names we've got so far, the Patterson River Royals, which was suggested by one of our fans. I, I like the simplicity of this and also the fact, obviously, that they wear royal blue. It's fairly simple and, you know, it's worked for plenty of clubs before. It's a bit of a rugby union trend more than a rugby league one traditionally, but... Well, I can see it, though. I can see it, yeah. yeah. Uh, th- this next one, I think they might be a, a Jay Legaya fan, you know, water rats and things. Patterson River Rats? Yeah, no, it's already taken. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The next one, the Patterson River Pirates. We've obviously had the Pirates before in Newcastle Hunter Community Rugby League with Carrington, but I'm not sure how many Pirate ships have made it up as far as Patterson, but I don't hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Next up, mate, and this this is one of one of um, the ones I know you threw in amongst, amongst the mix and backed a little bit. The Patterson River Yabbies doesn't have the alliteration, but you know, again, it would be prime Yabby territory up there, and you know, um, we see a lot of mud mud in the Northern Conference footy, so yeah, we do know that Yabbies thrive in muddy, grubby conditions, so not too bad. And you know, nothing, nothing against in a Northern Conference game, a little bit of a pinch or a nip here and there, mate. Oh, look, absolutely. The other one I probably should have suggested was the Patterson River Phoenix, but maybe the uh Maybe that reference might be lost on the younger crowd. <laughs> I, think, I think I think that's probably over the heads of many. Yeah. Uh, the next one, and I'm I'm not I'm not sure how you know. I always think when I think of mascot, I'm not sure how you are. Uh, as much as I'd love to see a yabby yabby suit chasing people around in the crowd, I'm not sure how you'd sort of encapsulate these next two. But the Patterson River Rumble. Yeah, it's got the alliteration there. So that's an interesting one. Um, but again, we'll put it out to the punters. The penultimate one, as I said, we do have seven, and uh, I know this is one you were fond of as well. The Patterson River Prawns or the Patterson River School Prawns. I think Prawns just has a, a better ri- a better ring, but there might be some uh, Northern Conference players that might take it either as an, a compliment or, or offence because you know the old prawn, you know, good 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 uh, rubbish head, good body. So I'm not sure how they'll take that. I think it's more rubbish head, rubbish bodies. But you know, um, I'm sure a few people have done a bit of netting in the river up there. Um, so uh, um, certainly getting up the Williams, you do a bit. So I um I I don't mind that one. I don't even if it is even if it is my suggestion. And and this one I'm I'm not sure whether it's a it's a matter of maybe too soon in re- light of recent events and different things, but um, certainly something that that um, does put fear into the hearts of many people around our country at the moment. The Patterson River flood. <laughs> yeah, that uh, yeah, might might be too topical, but it's good. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't mind that, and you know, it runs with the you know runs with the river and all those sorts of things. So. They're the ones we did have to cull some of the suggestions we had. Um, yeah, there's some very politically incorrect ones and some people that I just don't think were fans of the Patterson River team at all. But we appreciate all those that have put in those suggestions to the page via Facebook. And as I said, we'll have some voting over the next couple of weeks and, and in the interim try and uh, get the boys from Patterson River to see how they, how they feel about having an unofficial mascot and you know, what we can do to maybe even get uh, a bit of a graphic done up for them. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll work from there. But just a bit of fun, Sean, as we like to have with the Newcastle Hunter Community Rugby League. But plenty, plenty of good options, some questionable ones there. But, um, yeah, this, I'm, I'm glad we eliminated some of the ones we did. But you'd have to think any any of those, that you know, you, you, could, you could run out, run out, you know, onto a footy field and there's, there's worse mascots out there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I can think of several. Well, I think I think we had um, there's some shamrocks. There's a team called there was a team called the I think Trundle were the sunflowers at one point. The seahorses up at Woolgooga. Trundle are now the boomers. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, there's some um, 
Yeah, there's some, some interesting ones. So, you know, and then that's that's just inside rugby league before you go any further. So, uh, yeah, certainly a um, lot, lot worse mascots out there than any of those on that list. But we wait to see what our uh, Newcastle and Hunter fans um, certainly think of it, mate. But uh, good to have you on the show. Uh, we appreciate your culinary insights. Uh, look forward to catching up with you again in a few weeks. We'll probably do this probably, I reckon, about once a month, mate, um, in terms of it. Yeah, but good to me. before I let you go, you've been a very busy man the last few weeks and you've been hard to get a hold of because of that. What is it that you've been planning out at the Knowledge Coliseum? Well, look, we've, we've had a bit of a project going on for a couple of years now. COVID's put it off a couple of times, but we're celebrating a half century of rugby league on campus Um uh, founded in 1970, um, and we finally got around to doing the 50-plus celebrations uh, this Saturday. Um, so, uh, um, massive reunion of all the former former players and um, and and members of the club, and a uh, big crowd there at uh, Bernie Curran Oval on Saturday afternoon, followed by a followed by a function that night, and uh, really looking forward to it. It's uh, taken up uh, a bit of a segment of my life putting together, but uh, just about done. Let's get you out of your lovely other half's hair for a little bit because football doesn't already do that enough, mate. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I test the patience at the best of times. That's what we're here for, mate, just to keep them on their toes. Uh, yeah. But no, it's definitely I'm, I'm going to try and poke my head in on Saturday for a little bit um, and definitely I would encourage anyone else to go down there. And Mate, it's, an, uh, you know, it's university, so I'm figuring it must be a real gathering of, of the Brains Trust. Like, you know, we could solve probably climate change, world peace and... You know, pro- probably come up with a formula to actually judge all the all the um, steak sandwiches and beer cans, which is obviously the biggest of the problems. Um, while, while we're there on Saturday, well, there's a few smart people. There's a few idiots events as well. Um, so uh, we'll have a good time, and uh, of course, we're playing against Windale in in men's B grade, which is um, a pretty juicy clash, um, and they'll bring a big crowd of their own. So it's going to be a huge day out there. Well, it certainly will, mate. Um, that will be a bumper clash, and you know. On the idiot savants, I think it was a bit mean of you to single out Andrew McEwen, but we all love him. <laughs> That's exactly who I was thinking of. <laughs> Lovely, mate. Well, hopefully I'll catch you down there on Saturday. Uh, look forward to uh, catching a little bit of the footy and uh, going from there. A big thank you again to yourself. A big thanks to Beaver Brewery for getting on board. I think this is, you know, really the epitome of what, um, you know, pub footy, as we'll call it colloquially, is about. Uh, you and I are big fans of it. We've been involved on a number of fronts and we look forward to it continuing to thrive and hopefully our little bit of uh, uh, analysis of the uh, not so serious can uh, a- add to that and encourage people to get down and as we said flat, you know, charge down to Raymond Terrace because that, that food's uh, leading the charge at the moment Hope so too Thanks for having me Chris A big thanks to Sean Johnson there. Always good to catch up and chat about uh, which clubs are kicking goals in uh, food, beverage and atmosphere around the competition. But uh, now it's time to go from the, well, almost immeasurable statistically to the very measurable statistically and be joined by our co-host and regular guest, Josh Spiegelman, the newly minted, the newly sponsored Josh Spiegelman. Mate, uh, we've got the... Denton Engineering Cup Stats Man of the Year brought to you by Junkyard Skips. Yes, mate. It's good to get some backing there. So so big thanks to Junkyard Skips. And you can find their contact details on a few of the graphics we're posting on Instagram and obviously a quick Google search. So anyone in the Hunter region, if you need that service, definitely go to those guys. Yeah, exactly. Or just look up Junkyard Skips on Facebook. So 
Uh, I, I will be keeping a, a very close eye, mate, to make sure that Mr. Affleck is not getting um, unnecessarily un, un, uh, favoured in these statistical categories, though. <laughs> yeah, well, he pesters us with messages, so I might have to add an extra metre there on the run counts once in a while. But um, no, no, it was, um, it was a good weekend of footy, and he played good, as did his club, South. We'll touch on that later. But um, yeah, round six was a interesting round, but um, for most of the League Castle faithful, they tipped a pretty good pretty good round. I think the majority of voters tipped every result, so I think that's the first time this season on Instagram that they've been on the money. Yeah, it's good to see, mate. It's a bit like putting monkeys in a room with typewriters, our tipsters, and, you know, I'm, I'm one of those tipsters. So eventually, you know, we all had a shocker probably in the NRL, but we made it back in the uh, real NRL. So great to see. And um, just before we get off, Justin, mate, I, I do want to put out a genuine thanks to both himself and our other sponsor partner, Beaver Brewery, who've come on board this week. It's um, great to see, and, and as we've had those conversations with them, it's not at all about any money coming back into the show. All um, proceeds will be passed on, and the, and the great news is that we will have now a prize for the Stats Man of the Year, which will actually increase from last year. Josh will be $150 to the winner and $150 to the charity of their choice. So really excited to be able to uh, give that out. Thanks to Junkyard Skips later in the year. That'll be really good. Yeah, that's fantastic. It should um, yeah, improve the competitiveness across the field from the players who want that extra bit of coin and also they represent their charity. So, um, yeah, big thanks to Junkyard Skips and Miss Affleck. Exactly right, mate. But let's get into the footy from the weekend. And uh, it was, as you said, probably a little bit more predictable than many of the rounds. Most of the favourites got up, but uh, some of the the results and scorelines were quite interesting. Some from the fact that, you know, a couple of games at half time looked like they were going to be uh, soccer scores before one team got a hold of the uh, the footy and got across the line a couple of times. And Others were absolute a point a minute early on, including the Maitland Cessnock game that you and I are at. But uh, we might start, mate. Um, we might kick off with the Lake Macquarie Derby. The Macquarie Scorpions take, took on Lakes United Seagulls, and it was a penalty goal exchange early on. Before, well, you'd have to say Macquarie ended up. Oh, the scoreline looked somewhat comfortable, but I think they got away with the two points in the end. Um, I'm not sure that. Either coach will be overly pumped with their attacking form, but the defence on offer from both teams, and there was plenty of ball in play, mate. Yeah, definitely, mate. It's a uh, yeah, slow track in this game, lots of mud. So, as you mentioned, lots of ball in play, and um, which resulted in some pretty big bread and butter stats on both sides for, for the clubs. Um, I'm sure Scorps will be happy to get out with a win there from that sort of trying conditions. They probably favour a, a dry, quick track with their like a smaller squad and a um, bit fitter across the park. and. You know, Lakes, Lakes fought really hard in this match and they can take a lot out of some of those um, resilient stats as well. And, you know, they got a they got a young squad, but um, they tried really hard and I'm sure results will come for, for Bubba there out at Lakes. Yeah, undoubtedly. You know, they, they really show that they can stay in these games, just sort of fading late um, a couple of times in the last few weeks, unfortunately. And so I'm sure that next two points isn't too far away when they can just hold it on for 80 minutes. But 14-4, the Scorps ended up running out winners there. Um, as I said early on, it was sort of, you know, four points to two. Uh, the Lakes were leading it. But, uh, mate, who was it that, I guess, starred in terms of those three, two and one for you? As you said, some big stat numbers chalked up across the field. Yeah, it was. It was incredibly tough to give the three, two, one here between these three players and a couple of others. So um, we will start with um, just some honourable mentions here. Um, Jordan Noble, 45 tackles for the Scorps in these conditions. And Mitch Williams, the Lakes edge back rower, had over 140 metres on that muddy track, slow track for Lakes. So um, just missed out on the points there. Um, so we're going to start with three points here. We won't keep listeners waiting. Um, we'll give it to the Scorps edge back rower, Malik Dayalu. Apologies if the name's 
pronounced him correct. Um, I'm sure we'll get it right soon, though, because we'll be saying him a few times off the back of his form in this game. I thought it was his best game since he came back to the Scorps. He had 114 metres from 13 carries, 10 support runs, which was the second most in the team, uh, three tackle busts, a line break assist, and a try assist, which came off a great heads-up play where he, he picked the ball up off his shoelaces and kicked along the ground to his winger, Joe Woodbury, who scored. So that was a pivotal play in, a, in as you said, a low-scoring match. So alongside no errors, all penalties, he had 28 tackles at 100%. So for me, he was well-deserving of the three points and edged out two guys who, uh, yeah, could have got the three themselves. Yeah, as you said, some, some pretty big numbers. I just want to ask about that uh, that kick you're talking about. That's not the one I've seen on the uh, what I'll call the lowlights reel of Joe Woodbury basically eating some of the fence at Lyle Peacock, was it? Uh I think it could have been. Yes, I think it was. Yeah, that was a low light to a highlight. That was um, would have been painful, but well deserved. New, New, I mean, I mean, Newcastle Rugby League's prettiest man has been rearranged. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> yeah, it was unfortunate, but I'm sure I'll take it for the meat pie. I think it was that play. Don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah, well, it either was that player as another player, but yeah, if um, if you get the chance, go and jump on the, the Tui's Newcastle Rugby League page and. Check it out. I'm, I'm sure Joe can see the funny side of it now, but it certainly wouldn't have tickled at the time. And, uh, yeah, it just shows the um, effort and how these guys do put their body on the line because he had no self-preservation. All he was worried about was trying to get that ball down. So um, a great effort from Joe there. But, uh, as you said, Malik was the um, absolute standout in a game where there was a lot of people putting out some big numbers. Mate, the man with the two points, you did message me during the week and you said how many tackles and who, who was at the top of the count. I think I, I might have gone with 57, I think, and I picked the man, but what were the real numbers? No, you went with um, 55 uh, and you picked the man, and, and the man of the moment is Daniel Peck, um, yeah, the lakes hooker here. So he had 57 tackles in an 80-minute effort. Um, so from my records across the stats over the past few years from a few clubs now, um, you know, we, we rarely see a few players crack 50, let alone 55, and I'm pretty sure 57 is a record for me, so... Not only did he do that, he did it at 92%. And he also had Lakes only try assist as well as a team high three key kick pressures. So, uh, yeah, really well deserved by Dan Peck there and a gutsy effort. You know, smaller body, you you messaged me back saying about, you know, he does this frequently. He's a smaller guy, but he just handles himself so well in the middle. He certainly does. He throws well above his weight and he's, um, yeah, he's very effective down low. I think the thing to look at, and we've talked about this off the air a number of times, is the sheer number of tackles that are made in a, in a real NRL game versus the NRL, because we, you know, 50 is a good number in an NRL game. On average, anything above 40 is probably a standout performance in the real NRL. So to go to that next level, it's the equivalent of, you know, those 60 and 70 efforts that you see once or twice a season. This is, you know, it is rarefied air for him to be in. So, uh, yeah, huge, huge motor on Dan. And, um, you know, he's the heart and soul of that Lakes defence. Certainly, week in, week out, I'd say, you know, if we looked at his average numbers, I know there's been a couple of other weeks where you've put his stats up, mate, and he's been well over 30. So he w- he would have to be a fair way up there. If not leading the um, competition in tackles, he'd be in the top three or four, you'd think. Yeah, that's right, mate. I haven't seen anyone make this sort of level of tackles. You've got Billy Gilbert from Curry, You've had, um, Cody Bryant from Central a few years ago. He used to, used to, you know, maybe crack the low 50s or high 40s. And, you know, Noble in this game from the Scorps had 45. But 57, like you said, if you average that out to an NRL match and the pace of that game and the ball in play, which is even more than here, that would probably be about that 70 mark. So uh, really impressive there, mate. Really impressive. It certainly is, mate. Um, and speaking of impressive, this man as well, the man that picked up the one point, 
he's obviously a favourite of ours, and we've had a request now to get him on the show in the next few weeks, so we're going to have to try and work some magic. But he, um, great to see him back from injury and just absolutely eating the metres. Eating and eating them exactly. Yeah, twenty-four carries for two hundred and twenty-seven meters for score flock Luke Higgins here. I mean, I feel dirty giving him the one point and, and Peck the two. Either of those could have got the three here, but I, I just felt that Malik's um, contribution with a couple of those assists and um, just his hard running just pushed him there in the end in a, in a low-scoring game. But yeah, back to Higgins here. Just the highest I've seen for a score forward since I started doing their stats. You, you put that along with six tackle busts and eighteen tackles at one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, uh, easily deserving of the one point, and, and shame I can't give three, three, three. Yeah, if we had more points to give out, you'd almost need to have um, you almost need to have about forty or fifty points for some of the stats that were posted across <laughs> multiple games this week, mate. Yeah, there were some real impressive numbers. I hope the listeners enjoyed some of those graphics. I put up maybe five or six of them and um, some highlights, but hopefully they still listen to the pod to listen to who got the three, two, one. I, I did see from some of your messages, mate, that um, you know there's some others that you would have put up, but um, they're a bit camera shy. So, boys, when you're out there on the weekend, uh, don't be so <laughs> camera shy. Get, get get your best side out for the uh, the lens so that uh, Josh can work his magic. Yeah, that's it, mate. Yeah, or get you get in touch with a you know photographer and make sure your club's got one on the sidelines. And um, or the next level down is make sure your team list get published because we had a few issues <laughs> getting some team lists from a few other teams. I don't do the stats for so. Um, it'd be great if there was more, I guess, social media representation across all the clubs in the league, all the 10 teams, but I'm sure we'll get there one day. Yeah, well, we've certainly seen a step up this year, so hopefully the others do as well. And uh, thank you to those players that uh, myself and Josh have reached out directly who are more than happy and get back so promptly. It really makes our jobs a lot easier, mate. But uh, let's keep on moving along. Uh, let's go to the game that you and I are at on Saturday. I was fortunate enough to call this one for Bar TV, and the opening 20 minutes was... Very frantic. Um, I know both coaches were pulling some hair out, uh, one in a box and one by the sideline. But it was Maitland who ended up getting the upper hand and they just proved too good as they, they went to another gear in the second half, uh, running away from a, a, a tight game at half time to win 39 points to 16. A scoreline that realistically probably didn't do Cessnock justice. But um, yeah, certainly that last sort of 20 minutes or so, Maitland just absolutely put their foot on the throat. Definitely, mate, and um, yeah, no, congratulations on another good call as well. And it was fine. it was nice to finally meet you face to face for the for the listeners. We met up, and um, Chris is all that he's cracked up to be for anyone listening. Mate, flattery will get you everywhere, as I uh, as I did <laughs> did say to someone else who gave me a rap yet, uh, earlier today. So I'm not sure what's going on, but I'll uh, I'll take it all because sure enough, the title turn at some point. But that's all right, mate. Uh, <laughs> no, it was good to meet face to face and uh, um, talk talk uh, the rugby league or shoot the rugby league breeze some more because we don't do that enough. Um, but yeah, mate, as we said, Maitland clinical winners, 39 to 16. Um, and as such, no surprise that they did dominate the, uh, the stats man's junkyard skips points of the week. Yeah, definitely, mate. I'll just give a shout out too for the hospitality Maitland showed me on arrival as well, Grant, um, and the team there just, um, yeah, saying hi to the guys and getting amongst it, meeting some of the players was great. And, um, yeah, they got their own professional club out there and as do all the clubs in this league, of course, but. Yeah, really, really nice day out of the footy there. Um, yeah, on the match itself, um, you, you touched on it. It was a pretty close first half. I thought Maitland failed to cap- capitalise on some of their, I guess, positional mismatches um, in the first little bit there with Cessnox. Uh, was it their uh, right edge being a bit, you know, um, I guess, gassed early or, or just played playing out of position? But also a moment in the first half, it's pretty scary for both of us to see that Dan Langbridge went down with that ankle injury, like screaming on the turf for a minute or two. But 
he popped up. I think it was just a precautionary. I think he heard a crack or something. Um, and also Cessnock lost their fullback too for the match, Harry O'Brien, with a wrist injury. So Lee Castle wishes them, I guess, both, both the best. I don't know if you've heard anything else on, on Harry, but... um. No, no update as of yet, mate. But, um, yeah, it was a bit of a rough day all in all, uh, unfortunately. Uh, there's been a few of these uh, pretty serious injuries in the last few weeks. So we just wish everyone the best. It's been hard. A lot of heavy tracks as well lead to a lot of these joint injuries. So, um, yeah, we wish them the best. But both of those guys were straight off and, and straight out of the action, unfortunately, which meant that on an already heavy track on a wet day that players were playing probably more increased minutes than they already would have. Yeah, that's right, mate. Um, spot on. So we'll just uh, kick it off here with the honourable mentions. Um, just a hooker, Alex Langbridge, uh, two try assists, one line break assist and eight kick pressures, which is one of the highest I've seen, which is fantastic effort. Uh, Chad O'Donnell, who bagged a, bagged a double here to, to meet pies. So well done to those boys, but they just missed out on the points. So uh, one point. Um, we're going to go to Pat Mataudia. Uh He was great off the bench for Maitland. He had the two tries as well. Five tackle busts, one line break, 14.5 metres of carry, 84% in defence. So congratulations to Pat there. Yeah, Pat um, certainly made an impact when he came on, mate. I'm not sure if we can statistically analyse this, but possibly one of the worst hairdos in the real NRL at the moment. All right, mate, with my hairline, I can't comment on worst hairdos, so I'll leave that to you. Yeah, no, that's fair, <laughs> mate. Um, just just one that I did want to point out, and I know you and I quite often talk you know, over the weekend when we're either at games or watching games. Sam Matayora back at it again with the big shots, but the thing I loved the most was he absolutely cleaned up Reed Alchin, and the two of them got up, and after the play, the ball gave each other a high five and then went back about their business. I was like, how yeah, good is that? That's what footy's all about. So Sam's the one to watch if you're looking for the highlight reels at the moment. I think he's got the big hitter of the competition lead. Oh, for sure, mate. He's a menace out there, and that was a brilliant matchup on that edge uh, with Reed going up against the turn. That's a good segue into the two points here because I'm giving it to none other than Maitland's back row, Reed Alchin here. I thought it was his best game for Maitland so far this season, um, both statistically and, and just physically as well. So statistically, which is what I can measure, uh, he had 105 metres, six tackle busts, 22 tackles at 100%, which is incredible considering who was running at him. Uh, three forced errors in tackles, uh, which was also a huge, you know, turning the tie when they needed it, and two kick pressures. So they're really good from Reid there. Yeah, he was, he was strong, mate. You could visibly see it again. I don't crunch those numbers that you do, but, you know, just... I'm very much a passes-the-eye sort of test. And, yeah, he looked like he'd gone to another level. So it's great to see. We know the talent that he's got. And, he, you know, it's good to see him back at those levels. He was performing out at Curry, um, And undoubtedly why they brought him into the squad. Uh, although we might need to work on the guys on that edge and uh, the ordering of jerseys because the poor blokes having to wear extended bench numbers because they're ordering mediums <laughs> for second rowers, mate. We're talking about this. Out- outrageous. Outrageous, mate, and um, Big Sam as well on the other side, Matt Aura fitting it at the 20 each week. So a couple of these players need some, you know, custom fitting going on. Yeah, and it's not it's not like we're looking at, you know, second division C-grade footy where, you, you know, your front row or second rowers might be uh, a little bit more rotund. These blokes are just, they're just cubes and just cubes of most, mostly muscle. Um, so, yeah, so anyway, we'll leave that for another day, mate, because the man that uh, got you three points... He certainly doesn't have any trouble fitting into his jumper. He's uh, tall and lean and stands out like a sore thumb with that bright white headgear. He does, mate. Matt Sopalula, friend of the show, three points here. Not just because he's a friend of the show. He's a, he had a fantastic performance. So he was, he was already doing well while he was in the centres and then he moved to fullback to cover for Dan, as we mentioned, who went off with that ankle injury. So um, he finished with a try, two line breaks, nine tackle busts, two effective offloads, no errors, 201 metres, uh, that was a team high at 14.4 carries. So, 
Um, tremendous effort from Mouth there to feel it, to change positions during a game, even though he's played fullback before. I know this, but to do that during a game and to excel basically straight away from the back, directing his team around there in defence, but also slowing in on those backline movements and scoring that individual try. Um, yeah, you won't miss him with the headgear and uh, yeah, great guy as well. Um, so congrats to Matt. Yeah, interestingly enough, speaking of Matt being a great guy, I, I did have some uh, interaction with one of the Cessnock boys during the week, Pat Robards, who came off the bench for them and then had to go off with a <laughs> HIA. And he said to me, he goes, oh, no matter what happens, I'm claiming that it uh, happened from a Matt Soper Lawler elbow. So basically the story that I'm hearing is that uh, a bench front rower got beaten up by an outside back and had to go off after five minutes. So well done, Paddy Robards. Um, and well done, Matt Soper Lawler for, you know, I don't think there was an elbow. I think you just scared him. <laughs> Yeah, I'll leave that one alone, mate. You can deal with that. Yeah, no, I do, I do, I do like the banner that gets involved with the boys, and you know, it's great to see. You know, there's a lot of players, especially with these two clubs that, across the competition, that have sort of crossed trenches. And Paddy's an old Maitland Maitland boy, so he knows a lot of those guys there as well. So uh, great to see, mate. But again, yeah, an outstanding effort from Matt Sobalola. Starred, as you said, changing positions mid-game, and uh, yeah, certainly really impressive. We'll move on to the other Saturday game, mate, and and this one again was. An absolute arm wrestle, and as West have unfortunately had the last couple of weeks, they just sort of got blown off the park in the second half, and it was all things, um, all things Wyong as they ended up running out fairly comfortable winners, and West going down twenty-two to two, mate. They're a little bit like your Knights at the moment; they just can't seem yeah. to uh, can't seem cool. to do much more than than pop, pop over. Well, they've scored two less points in the Knights in the last two weeks. They can't seem to get across that stripe. I think we're nearing on. I think I did the stats. It's uh, nearing on 180 minutes since West have scored a try. So um, Todd Lowry will have his work cut out and unsurprisingly made it a, a clean sweep for the visitors here. Yeah, maybe they can get old um, Clune and Clifford in for the next week, mate, seeing as the Knights no longer need them for, for the trip to North Queensland. So uh, who knows? But uh, yeah, no, so, yeah, obviously neither of these teams I do the full stats for, so unfortunately no real in-depth uh, inside here other than the quick review I did. Um, yeah, Wyong obviously keep impressing the uh, everyone, and uh, you know we didn't predict that during the, the preseason. But congrats to them. So uh, just rifle off the points here. Um, three points uh, is going to Mitch Williams, their leader uh, and their hooker. Uh, had a try system, a separate try contribution and a line break contribution. Um, I had a bit of a look at the footage. You know, he always puts off those defenders with some key line engagements, which is that stat I don't measure here, but I know Fox Sports did when I worked there. Uh, you know, re, re, as, it, as it's stated, basically, when you, you go to the line, you engage it, and then you, you fire off a pass, so you suck in a defender or two and uh, that way. So, yeah, he, he's really good at doing that, I think, as well. He certainly is, and uh, no surprise to see him creeping up the leaderboard again after uh, being runner-up last year. So he's probably uh, the most consistent performer across the two years, just pipping out one of the... Uh, one of our guests later today, which we'll get to. But, um, mate, uh, who picked up the minor placings in this one for you? Yeah, um, two points going to Brock Molan, you know, who was in the 13 for Wyong. He had the try assist and line break assist and was solid in defence from what I saw. And one point to centre Isaac Blackhall, who had some strong carries in the vision that I saw and um, also had a try assist and line break assist with a great flick on to, um, to his winger. So uh, three, two, one's going to Wyong there in a, in a pretty, I guess, 22 was it a lopsided victory so congrats to Wyon yeah it certainly was Um, they're an interesting side to try and get the form line on but uh, they're doing well at the moment but speaking of sides that are a bit of a struggle to get the form line on the Curry Curry Bulldogs headed down to Townsend Oval 
on Sunday. But unfortunately, it was the Lions who had the last laugh. They ran out uh, winners in a, in a low-scoring grinding affair. Again, not surprising considering the uh, the conditions. 19-6 South Newcastle, a bit like uh, Maitland the day before. Um, a late field goal just to add some salt into the wounds um, after they led for pretty much the majority of that game. Uh, but, uh, mates, it was, again, with the, the margin of victory, it was a clean sweep on the on the 3-2-1 here. Yeah, it was. Uh, even though the match was close and competitive, um, yeah, South just too good. In the end, even with a man sin-binned in the last um, 15 minutes or so. Um, so we, we'll start from that point, actually. So the man that was uh, sin-binned was, was Ryan Glanville, but for me, that actually doesn't stop him from getting my three points in the match. So I, I don't usually do this often, and pretty sure the Bar TV commentator said the same for their player of the game with, with Glanville. Not often you give it to someone that's been sinned in, but he just looked the most likely throughout this match. I thought he, he scored a try. He had a line break, four tackle busts, uh, further try assists, 17 tackles at 89%, and he won all of his tackles. So back square at marker off the ground and um, you know ready to go at it again. So great effort from Glanville. Again, he creeps up the leaderboard as well, and, and he's having a great start for the season. He certainly is. Uh, he was sorely missed by the Lions last year, and they're very happy to have him back, mate. Uh, but it was another couple of his Lions teammates that picked up the minor placings here, uh, one of which is the uh, aforementioned man who hides from the cameras that we talked about. Yeah, I tried to get him a graphic this week. Um, South Locks Scott Matthews um, had a 137 metres from 17 carries from, from the middle there, 10 support runs, which was second most in the team, uh, 29 tackles in the middle at 100%. So a really solid effort by, by Scott there going against his opposite, um, Billy Gilbert, who I think played a bit of hooker this match, but he wore the 13, and that's a tough matchup to go against. So, um, yeah, well done, well done, Scott, for that, for that effort. Yeah, certainly a strong effort, and uh, a man who uh, many of our listeners will know well. He's uh, always lighting up statistically, but also the highlight reels picked up the one point for South Newcastle. Yeah, Harry Van Dyle here um, had a team high 149 metres, two line breaks, a line break assist, and four offloads. So, um, yeah, that was tough to split him and Scott for the two and one. Uh, I'll just mention a couple of honourables. There's a couple out of this match. So, Harry Van Dyle, he just beat out for me Curry's fullback, Ethan Fowles, um, for the point. He had 150 metres and two line breaks and eight tackle busts. And then I want to give honourable mention to Jack Welsh from South. So I did make a graphic for on request from uh, our new sponsor. <laughs> from last week but um, uh, yeah he was great off the bench again 127 metres um, there he won like I think 90% of his carry or 93% of his carries and 90% of defence so great from Jack there and I wanted to give a shout out to their hooker um, Kuru I think is it, Takarai Kuru I'm yeah, that's sorry right, if yeah. I get that wrong sweet but um, I think from what I recall this might have been his debut in the starting side for first grade at hooker so um 38 tackles there at 93%. Um, I walked past him in a couple of weeks ago at Townsend. Uh, there's not much of him. Like, I'm sure he's solid, but, you know, to do that, 38 tackles, 93%, he's a strong guy and his first first um, great start, I guess. So congratulations to him. And also give a shout-out to Curry Prop, um, Nick Harvey here. I thought he did really well with 120 hard-earned metres up the middle and defended at 92%. So... A uh, couple to rattle off there, uh, and I thought Reeve Howard again was strong for South from the back, broke a lot of tackles and a lot of support runs. So yeah, that was that was half meters to come up with some points from that match. Plenty for you to split out, mate. Um, just on Young Kuru, I know there's some big raps on him. Uh, speaking to some guys that are involved with one of the management companies, and 
yeah, they've got big wraps on him. But I believe when he first came to the club at the start of the year, he might have started the year on the bench for the under-19. So in about six weeks, he's managed to make his way through and he's starting nine in first grade at the moment, which is, you know, impressive in itself. But by the sounds of it, he absolutely belonged, which is always great to see. We've seen a few guys make their debut and we've talked about a couple of those. Um, we saw young Harry Whitfield playing for Maitland again on the weekend and again looked you know, right, right in his element. So it's great to see when you see players step up successfully in, into the top grade, uh, especially with the level of competition we've got in our first grade comp. Definitely is, yeah. And like you said, he killed it. He, not only defence that I mentioned, I don't have the stats on me for offence, uh, but the, how sharp he was out of dummy half, how quick, accelerating, kind of like Tom Starling when he's on his game, you know, that sort of build and, and that speed off the mark. So fantastic. Yeah, excellent, mate. Well, next up and the final match of the round, it was the entrance versus Central. This one was two sides in form coming up against each other. Um, it was the visitors Central who end up getting away with a, uh, a relatively close victory, but a very different-looking Central side to what we've seen in the uh, first few rounds, mate, um, with quite a lot of changes, quite a lot of players out, uh, both the Walsh brothers out of action. Um, we saw Randall Briggs fill in at 5'8", and um, quite a number of other changes. And, mate, our man who is uh, on the show this this week, or was it on a little bit earlier, mate? Uh, Cameron Spider-Anderson had the C next to his name. About time they got him that recognition. Yeah, the, the C with only one leg, according to Spider as well. So he's done he's done a pretty good job there, um, battling on with an injury at the moment. But uh, yeah, no, this was a game, again, I don't do the stats for either side, but as you did note, I think Spider said they had eight first graders missing from their, their team here. So pretty gutsy win and a good step up for some of the Reggie's boys in this match. Uh, the second half, I, I know it was, a, I think it was a trialist second half in this game. Um, so interesting there. Um, what, what was it at halftime? Chris, I don't know if you can remember. I think it must have been 14, 12 for Central because I think there's only a penalty goal in the second half. Yeah, I believe that's right. I think the entrance got out early and then uh, Central took the lead before halftime from memory. Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, we'll just we'll just rattle off the three, two, ones here. Obviously, again, just with a quick review, I don't have too much in-depth stats. So I'd love to do either of these teams for stats, but not to be at the moment. Uh, so we're going to give uh, one point to central centre, Tamanu Alexander. Uh, he had a try, a line break, a uh, number of strong carries. Um, two points to entrances fullback, Harry Mulligan, who had a try, a line break, and plenty of tackle busts. And three points to central, seven for the game. He filled in for Luke Walsh, uh, Fletcher Kennedy. Uh, he stepped up here, um, two try assists, along with a two line break assist. So, those um, balls that he put on for that were pretty good. So well done for, to Fletcher there and um, well done to Central for uh, knocking off a tough, tougher opponent than many people predicted at the start of the season and entrance. Yeah, certainly um, well and truly alive this competition now, some of these results. Um, but as you say, well done to Central there, a depleted Central side on the road, not an easy result. That sees them lifted up into the top five. But we might just have a quick run through the ladder just so that everyone can have a bit of a look and take into account, obviously, that there's... Uh, some gap teams with two games in hand, some with one and some with none, but just shows how close it is. The fact Cessnock heading into the round was second, they're now six, but we've got Maitland Pickers first. They've played six, they're on 12 points. Uh, they're undefeated. We've then got the Macquarie Scorpions in second. They've played four, they've won three. Uh, Wyong Roos, they've played five and won three. Souths are fourth, they've played four and won three. Central are fifth, they've played five and won three. Cessnock are six, they've played six and won three. The entrants hmm. are seventh, they've one, two, played five. Curry are eighth. They've played four and won one. Lakes are ninth. They have played five and won one. And Wests are tenth. They've played six and are yet to register their first win of the season. But I'm sure it's not too far away. 
So that is, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting picture, I guess, especially when you have a look at some of those matchups this weekend. I think four of the teams on six points will, will clash. You've got Wyong playing Cessnock and Central playing Macquarie as two of the games. The other three games, West taking on the entrance, Lakes taking on South and Curry taking on Maitland. So there's going to be some interesting ones for our tipsters to pick this weekend, Josh. Yeah, it will be, mate, and we'll be sure to pop the uh, polls up later today, maybe as the podcast comes out tomorrow on, um, what, I forgot what day it is, it's Tuesday today, probably on Wednesday or Thursday whenever you release it, so make sure to hop on Instagram and um, have a vote for your club and or who you think's going to win. Yeah, some good matchups. Yeah, West, so I'm just looking at the West straw out of interest. They've got the entrance and then Lakes uh, before they have their rivals south, so they're probably earmarking one of the next two games to try and get that elusive first win up. Yeah, I'm sure they will have them marked on the calendar, mate. Those next couple, they would be uh, very keen, I think, this week at home, or the next two at home as well. So um, hopefully a bit of a dry track and a little bit less rain, and uh, we'll see what the Rosillas can do. But we saw it last year. They had a very dry first half of the season in terms of competition points and then came home with a flurry and were probably the form team when it all got nipped in the bud. But, mate, I know you've uh, got other places to be rather than talk just footy with me all of your week. So let's wrap up the leaderboard uh, for the uh, Statsman Player of the Year brought to you by Junkyard Skips. Again, big thanks to Junkyard Skips for coming on board. Mate, I might run through the odd numbers and you can go through the evens. We'll start and we'll just roll off the top nine because it works easily. Um, Ryan Glanville from Souths is up on five points, as is Mitch Williams from Wyong, Nick Glohey from Lakes, Luke Sharp from Wyong and Dan Langbridge uh, from Maitland. So they're all sitting in what would be equal fifth spot. Yep. Um, and then we've got uh, an equal uh, third spot. Uh, is it? Third spot. Yep. We have, um, yeah, we've got Matt Sokolola who's made a move up the leaderboard on six points and Lewis Hamilton who stays on six points for South. Lewis Hamilton missed our stats man points, but did get best on ground for Bar TV this week, which just goes to show the um, the little bits of variance that we have, which is always good. In second place, he hasn't played for a couple of weeks and might be a dangerous one to watch if he gets back on the paddock anytime soon. But uh, James Bradley from Maitland, the flying winger, he's also the leading try scorer in the competition still, on seven points in line with his seven tries so far this season, mate. But who is our clubhouse leader after round six? Yeah, Kaya Cooper remains on top here from Central with eight points. Um, yeah, not much movers and shakers at the top this week with a couple of um, new players registering points across the last week or two. Uh, so the list grows longer for how many people have registered a point. And you scroll all the way down and uh, from, say, eight to to three points, there's there's a good good fair amount there, probably 25 plus so, um, or 20 plus. So, yeah, yeah, really looking like a competitive field. And obviously it's only just been round six, so... People that are yet to register a point still have obviously a chance to win. They certainly do, mate. Yeah, I think um, if you go down on the three pointers, we've got thirty. There's fifty-one players that have tallied a point already this season. So, um, yeah, plenty of time and plenty of hope for you know blokes that are either haven't registered a point or out at the moment with injury to make a charge. Um, as we've seen, you know, um, someone like James Bradley's only probably featured in three or four games this year. I think four games, and he's on seven points. So. A good run of form, and you know someone that's sitting currently thirtieth or fortieth could very quickly be up amongst the uh, amongst those leaders, and and uh, at the turning point of the season, with you know we're only a third of the way through. Yeah, exactly, mate. Um, yeah, looking down the leaderboard, like Dan Peck's only on two points. Um, you know, a couple more fifty tackle performances, he'll be right up there. <laughs> I don't want to put too much on him, but uh, no, I'm sure he can get there other ways as well. Yeah, so really exciting, and I'm I'm stoked that there's some money behind it now going towards the player or the um. 
or their charity of choice, thanks to Junkyard Skips. And ju- just just for you know transparency and auditing purposes, zero points earned by any afflicts yet. So you know we'll just we'll just keep an eye on that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you can audit that as a as the second line. Yeah, although he, his sponsorship may be conditional on making sure Tim Christie doesn't get any points, so we'll wait and see. Um, no, 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 no strings or anything tied to it. We really appreciate them coming on board. And um, again, if you do need a skip bin uh, or their services, as Josh said, check them out. They do have a Facebook page that you can go and find all their contact details. Uh, we will link them in the show notes when we share it on Facebook and, and tag them in so that um, you can go and find them as one of our great sponsors. And again, welcome on board to Junkyard Skips. Big thanks to you, mate. As always, the hours of trawling rugby league video as well as trawling to rugby league grounds. You're a glutton for punishment <laughs> like myself, mate. Um, and uh, I, I, I believe we're going to have a little bit of a break over the next couple of weeks. Well, one from the show next week um, for everyone, which I, I'm probably breaking now. But um, two from the stats over the next couple of weeks in terms of being able to put them out and be on the show because one, I'm heading away, two, you're heading away. So it's going to make it quite challenging, mate. Yeah, that's it, mate. I'm heading back over to the UK to see family for a um, week or two. So I won't be on the podcast next week. Oh, I probably won't have time for graphics on the, the page either. Maybe some tips, but probably not the stat graphics. But I'll still be getting those stats done this week. Got about 48 hours to do about. 20 hours of review, so that'll be hectic before the flight. And then the following week is the uh, bye week slash rescheduled washout. So there's only a couple games to do then. So I'll be all over in the old UK doing some stats, which will be fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So we'll, 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 well, I, I will likely bring them all to you, the catch-up of uh, a week and a half when um, when we resume in a, in a fortnight's time. And uh, we'll welcome you back with uh, open arms and... Um, I was going to say warm sunshine, but probably the same temperature where you're going as it is here. There's some of us, our winter, um, when you get back, mate. Yeah, who knows with the weather here in, in England being so unreliable, mate. So uh, just hope I get there safe and sound and back here with no COVID delays or anything. Yeah, fingers, fingers crossed and touching wood for you, mate. Well, safe travels, mate. Again, thank you, and uh, we look forward to catching up with you in a few weeks. Cheers, Chris. Cheers, all. Um, have a good one. Well, what a bumper episode it's been. A big thank you to all of our guests, Cameron Spider-Anderson from the Central Newcastle Butcher Boys, our Monsieur State Connoisseur, Sean Johnson, who is, of course, tied up with the University Seahorses and their big uh, reunion this weekend, the belated 50-year get-together. So it'll be an absolute bumper day down at uni, as I said with Cameron earlier, to a bumper day on Mother's Day down at Central with four games of footy there as well. So they're certainly my two picks to get to this weekend. But make sure you do get down and support your local clubs this weekend. There's an absolute plethora of local footy. Make sure, of course, to jump onto our social media channels, League Castle AU on Instagram and Twitter, League Castle AUS on Facebook. A big thanks to our new sponsors, Junkyard Skips and Beaver Brewery. Check them both out. There's links to them on our Facebook page or just search for their Facebook pages. Really appreciate them getting behind and offering some prizes up for a couple of our competitions. Make sure to vote on the Instagram and Facebook pages for your Patterson River unofficial nicknames as well. We'll have that up this week. And of course, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you do enjoy your local footy. Reach out to the page if you've got any thoughts, suggestions, improvements, or you'd like to be involved in the show and you're involved with the club. We'd love to have more people on so we can talk more local footy. But thank you again for tuning in. Thank you to our guests, and we will talk to you next week. We go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson. 
Runs to the line, he's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's gonna be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window get their second. You're listening to Lee Newcastle, Newcastle, Hunters, Hunters, Rugby League.